And if we want to get really meta, like, yes, everyone has their own personal human experience, but that also means that we're all having the same experience. <laughs> yes, no, really it's so that. true. It's, it's so not complicated, true. you know? No. <laughs> Welcome back to Scotland Talks, bringing you less stress and more success with the power of joy and wellness, whether that's emotional, spiritual, or even physical wellness we are talking today about some and all of the above but how to take your emotional wellness to the next level and i have an amazing guest with me today i'm super excited to introduce hi sam hi Anne. how are you so i am so happy to see you again <laughs> we're just friends already <laughs> we are and this was literally like a few weeks ago and sam had me on her show and it's like we've already known each other for years so it's very cool um so uh sam is uh her own version of emotional wellness expert she also has a uh her own digital marketing agency so the real legit business of women <laughs> and she's also a life coach including uh learning and and getting certified in some less traditional modalities for emotional wellness which we're going to get into just a little bit as well so what is going on with you, Sam? What's been on your heart lately? Man, that's a loaded question. I feel like we're going to gonna be talking forever if I answer that <laughs> in full extent. I mean, I've been in such a beautiful time in my life recently where I'm really slowing down and learning more about why I operate the way that I do mm. and how that has translated into decisions I've made in my adult life and some consequences of that programming. And so I just, I've been really focusing on kind of coming back to myself and coming home. And that's been a really, I mean, mm. full, but wow. lesson that I have been, you know, kind of entranced with lately. Well, whatever kind of programming or philosophy that you know, some of us grew up with or that we've encountered during our adult lives too. Um, when we kind of stop thinking for ourselves or stop really asking who am I and what is my purpose, as opposed to fulfilling someone else's formula, we can get in a little bit of trouble. Absolutely. But I also, this is so fascinating that you bring this up. I was talking about this today, a couple hours ago on a, a coaching call with a client about how that also can relate to your spiritual journey mm -hmm. because she was, she was like, I want to share this feeling with other people. And when they don't catch on, it makes me frustrated. And we had to sit there and unpack what one, why that frustrates her, but also two, your job as a friend or even just a person in their life is not to force them on this spiritual journey. It is a personal path. And I found mine just in the right time that I needed to, just like you found yours and that people can influence it. But if you're not ready, it's not going to stick and it's not going to land. And so I can force all of this spirituality and life coaching and non-traditional, you know, therapy on you. But if you're not in a place to receive it, it's not going to work. And so times and seasons, right? For yes. people who are ready to actually unpack and dive into that spiritual journey. Cause it's a hard one. You have to be in a the right mental place for it, I think, before you can start walking that path. Yes. And, and it's so interesting too. And, and as I was just talking to one of my previous guests today, uh, about how, when people try to, when 
I, you, anyone tries to force their framework onto someone else. If that was, you know, we, we're not forcing anyone anymore, but, you know, forcing a, a, a mindset or a political or religious, um, mindset, dogma, perspective, and we're trying to convince and force other people into that belief system, um, it doesn't, it actually probably isn't authentic for them. Mm -hmm. It's so much different than spreading out information and letting people find what works for them. And because especially spirituality is such a personal journey. Mm -hmm. And I personally believe there's eight, billion different forms of spirituality in the world because not one of us looks the same even identical twins are not exactly the same uh none of us has the same definition for a word let's say uh any word um you know especially if it's philosophical or god or sin or forgiveness or any of those things Every single human being on the world has a slightly different, slightly different nuanced belief in that, which is why it makes communication challenging and makes people confused. Like, well, if they say this is true, but I define it differently than they do. So maybe that kind of creates some challenges in the conversation. Absolutely. Maybe that's the whole point. And that's why I love spirituality so much is it's different for every single person that experiences it. And so there is no right or wrong. Mm -hmm. This is. And so we get to experience it as it is for our own personal perspective. And I think that's beautiful. But a lot of people get frustrated by it because they like to put things in a box. Well, they do. They do. Um, And why do you think that is? I think it's because if they can know everything about it, it's not uh, scary. People like to know what's going on and they are they like to have control over a situation. So if they can see it and put it in a box they're like oh I can control this life is all about control for a lot of people and Mm -hmm. um I think that when you realize that you actually can't control anything except for yourself (laughs) then it actually releases a lot of like pressure but people are really scared to let go I understand I mean I white knuckled the shit excuse me out of my life for a long time because I wanted that control and as soon as I realized that life was going to happen anyway I might as well just take advantage of, you know, taking care of myself, then a lot changed. Yeah. So often we're taught that a certain formula will give us a certain quality of life. And this isn't just religious. This is everything. This is diets, exercise, politics, education, you name it. Uh, If you follow my cookie cutter, you will be the best you can be. And, um, I just think that we're so much further than that as as a human as a human family, you know, evolving into our own identities, finding, you know, how a personal relationship in the spiritual world is different from person to person. Mm-hmm. And ex- my experience is never going to be the same as your experience and understanding that allows us to have a more open and supportive conversation with people instead of I'm here to change you. It's here. I'm here to support you in your personal, emotional, spiritual life. Mm-hmm. How can I best do that? What are you, what are you working on? And as a coach to a fellow coach, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and if we want to get really meta, like, yes, everyone has their own personal human experience, but that also means that we're all having the same experience. <laughs> yes. No, really it's so that. true. It's, it's so not complicated, true. you know, no. 
complicated. Yeah, most people aren't ready to jump to the we are one. Uh, yep. But I think once that happens, that sort of next gen thinking, and, um, you know, a lot of uh, spiritual and philosophical people have known this for a very long time. They've known it in, you know, ancient Greece in many ways, in India, in so many places where this idea is more than was more the norm in many ways, understanding the impact we all have on each other um, and how that affects us, you know, how we treat others, how that affects us. Now science supports that to say, basically, you know, what you project, you get back. Psychology supports that too. Um, really, we are one and we're, how are we treating the other parts of us? Yeah, because we're all mirrors and the, the behaviors that trigger us when we re interact with other people are a self-reflection. And so really, that's what we unpack a lot with a lot of um, life coaches and clients is what is this bringing up as far as your energy? Because they are mirroring it back to you. So we need to kind of look inward and unpack where that's coming from. Yes. Wow. So true. So, so tell me a little bit about, um, I'm really excited about a couple of things that you've been looking into and, and working in, uh, a little less tra traditional, sometimes controversial, um, tools for supporting emotional wellness and, and tell me a little bit about what those are. Yeah. So I'm in a couple different, I'm still getting an education in this. So do not think that I'm like a master practitioner or anything like this, but, uh, I started school this year and I'm, uh, getting certified to become a master life and energy coach. So it's different than traditional therapy or coaching. It really dives into your personal aura and your energy and where some subconscious blockages are that might be stopping you from pursuing your goals or having the tough relationship conversations that allow you to be vulnerable, things like that. So that's the life coaching. But then to support that, I'm also getting um, certified in neuro-linguistic programming and hypnotherapy, which is so many times when we interact with people, our subconscious mind projects things into the conversation, uh, you know, limiting beliefs that we have, stuff like that, that just kind of make themselves aware. But if you're not trained to recognize those, I wouldn't be able to help you unpack what's going on in your subconscious mind. I mean, our capacity in our subconscious mind is so much greater than our conscious mind. And a lot of our limiting beliefs and energy blockage, blockages, excuse me, exist in there. And so I want to be certified in all of these different areas. So when I talk to you, I can say, oh, look what's coming through from your subconscious mind. Let's talk about that. Because 99% of the time, the issue that clients think they have isn't really the issue. It's something way, way deeper. But all of these things will kind of help me recognize what those are and how to address them. Oh, that's really fascinating. So, so let's jump back in time here to your and my uh, conservative past and um, very religious uh, conservative upbringing. So if I was to tell, let's just start with NLP. If I was to tell someone in that world of mine that, you know, I was uh, studying NLP, they would freak out because they said, oh, you're going to program my brain. You're going to put something in there evil. You're going to, um, it's programming, neuro-linguistic programming. So what you're saying, you're going to rewire my brain. And that sounds really scary. What is it really? 
I mean, let's just read the actual definition so I don't butcher it for you guys. Um, and also so I make myself sound smarter. <laughs> but it's a, psycho a psychological approach that involves anything like analyzing strategies used by successful individuals and applying them to reach a personal goal. So it's really just how your mind talks to you. But you're a product of your upbringing and your childhood. So all of these things you've been telling yourself for years can be contributing to why you might be feeling stuck. And so NLP will help me and help you literally rewire your brain pathways so you can help yourself think better and succeed more. But you'd be surprised at how many people are so limited by the way they talk about themselves in their head. It's fascinating. I'm a, a perfect example. I mean, the dialogue in my brain is not always amazing. And so being able to notice that and address it and help people change it is kind of awesome. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really interesting. It might be a mixed basket in definitions, but, you know, growing up when I was informed about NLP and how dangerous it was, and I think that even the people who were telling me that, they saw it purely as neuro-linguistic programming, as in this stranger is going to program my mind. But really, the fundamental description is more how we have programmed our own minds, the what we say, what we think and what we say, neuro-linguistic programming, um, uh, I'm too fat. I'm too short. I'm too miserable. I'm too, I'm not smart enough. I'm people hate me. I'll never be a success. I can't, I'm not good enough to make money. These are things that we have programmed into ourselves already. So the question is what is programmed into that's not serving you and even holding you back. And what are some techniques controversial or otherwise that we might be able to use to break you free of that so that you can grow. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And we are a product of neuro-linguistic programming in our society too. I mean, especially now with social media and all of these things that we read that we say we need to be. And so it can be anything you want. It's not like I'm, I have a, you know, exterior motive to program you to speak a certain way about me or like something that I love, you know, like the whole point is to, I will listen and hear what your program already is and what you're saying by the way you talk to me and answer answer specific questions. And I'll be able to notice, mm, I said, I noticed that you said this about yourself. Why? Let's unpack that. All I want to know is why. And really my big job, you can relate to this as a coach is to understand where those answers are coming from and why they're coming from that certain place. And like, who told you that? What feeling does that bring up? I mean, a lot of my job is just to ask questions and listen. Of course. Yes. Which is beautiful. And that's, and that's so wonderful. And it's one of the best things I love about teaching and coaching too. So, and also for some other people say, well, I know they use, you know, that you can use neuro-linguistic programming to try to achieve a particular result in someone opposite you, which you're going to do in a, you know, quasi therapeutic setting, right? Um, so, but if you think you haven't experienced it already to all of the rest of you, you totally have because the sales and marketing professionals, the geniuses, the mega corps um, have been using this on us since we were born. This is not new psychological technology. All the marketing, all the advertising that you see, most of it is driven by studying the science of neuro-linguistic programming and what, how that can be 
I would say used just for profit in a certain way, not really to make you a better person, but to sell you something. So that's where, you know, if there's a slightly shade of gray around it, that could possibly be true because they have really, you know, studied the human mind to see how can they change your pattern of thinking. If you hate the color blue, how can they make you love the color blue so they will buy your product? But it's just making a commercial endeavor out of if you believe that you are small and limited, what are the tools that your coach or therapist can use to help you realize that you aren't or create a new belief system? Do you want to feel this way about yourself forever? Because you have to be willing. It's just not hip, like hypnosis, which we'll get to in a minute. Just so they all, everybody's little hairs went up on the back. Like, we know oh, the community. We, oh, get from, so we know. We know. People are like, oh my God, hypnosis. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you're willing and you're like, no, I don't want to feel small and unsuccessful or as a woman that I'm not entitled to, to have a successful financial uh, life and career or some somehow inferior, whatever your message is that you've had, you're like, I want to break out of that. Then these same tools can be used to assist you, not program you, but assist you into freeing yourself from those old beliefs and creating new ones. Absolutely. Let's take my religious experience, for example, to kind of contextualize this for people. So in the LDS community, they very much preach chastity before you get married. Mm -hmm. And I, this was drilled into me for years. Save yourself for your husband. husband. That's your value is bringing that to your marriage. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately I was assaulted when I was 15 and that got taken away from me. But technically in the church, you're not pure anymore when that happens. And so I remember sitting in church and someone uh, was giving a lesson and she had a cupcake from the bakery in her hand. And she had two actually, and she was holding both of them. And then on the one in her left hand, she took a massive bite out of it and then asked all of these teenage girls sitting in this class, which one would you rather have? And of course we all said the one that doesn't have the bite out of it. Right. And she goes, if you don't save yourself for marriage, you are a licked cupcake and you will not be like the desired one for your husband. And geez, that, I mean, that programming stuck with me for years in so many different ways. My value is attached to my physicality, what I can give men, how I perform. And so I went through with my coach, this neuro-linguistic programming where I had to understand and reprogram that my value does not come from external things that happen to me. It is innate. It is already there, but it took a year of me actively reprogramming the voice in my head to say, I have value as I am. I exist. I am valuable. That does not change. And so Mm. that's a very real life experience where Mm -hmm. we help kind of reframe that. But also I'm a professional marketer by trade. I use neuro-linguistic programming all the time. Diamond's best friend, Mm -hmm. one of the best sales and marketing neuro-linguistic campaigns ever. Yeah, right. you know? And so I right. think it all depends on what you do with it and that power, but a lot of people are scared of it because they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And I think that really, we just need to be better at understanding and learning about these tools and using them for growth. So true. I mean, being open and learning, and this is like the pursuit of drive of my entire life really is 
being open and learning. So coming from a construct that was very limited and myopic, intentionally kept that way. Um, you know, once I was, took me a very long time to work my way out of that and as an adult. And when I finally was, I just be, I was just this ravenous quest to learn and understand. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't mean I have to agree with everything. So for example, say you really don't like NLP, someone. Say that you're like, I'm never, that is bad, I'm not changing my mind. Would you be willing to hear what other people say or how it's been used for that has helped them like it helped Sam? I mean, this is huge, like under, reprogramming the idea of I'm damaged and worthless into I am whole and I have so much to contribute and give in the world and I'm in a beautiful spiritual person and you know if you cut off my arm it doesn't make me less of a human being and something that happens to me as a victim or by choice for some people doesn't make me less than so why would you want you know why would you want to continue believing that so just learning what these tools have been able to do for people is really useful because even if someone doesn't want to take it on wholesale and make this a part of their active part of their life, like they're an NLP expert, wow. understanding that there's tools to help people in your world that you love overcome something traumatic like that. It's great to know. You don't have to love every aspect of it, but it's great to know. And, and also there are other things we can use. Of course. <laughs> it's not of just course. NLP or hypnosis. No. Or anything right. Like I mean, what works for me it's like it's like losing weight what works for me is not going to work for absolutely ah, i use that metaphor all the time i'm like one diet does not fit all and we all know it <laughs> for spirituality we like, all know it <laughs> all right exactly <laughs> oh yeah absolutely um but i i mean in a much smaller way i resonate to that experience um for me it was uh, you know, as a full-blown adult and going through a really unfortunate divorce that I didn't want um, mm -hmm. because I had basically been left and abandoned and long, long, long story of what was going on there that I won't even go into right now, but it was against my wishes that this was happening. And um, um, I was codependent, so um, I probably should have wanted to get away of an unideal situation. I just didn't think I should or allowed to. And divorce was so taboo. And you really, you know, became again, sort of in a different way, but damaged goods and used goods and um, spiritually no longer eligible for certain things in, in heaven or in your church. And, you know, a close family member told me that um, they were happy I was safe, but just that I know I would always be married to that person in heaven. And oh. I'm like, after all these things that they did Girl. that I wouldn't do to anyone I loved, I would have to be with them for eternity now. And what about my prospects of having, I'm young, like at that time, like how, how what about prospects of having a new love in my life and not being alone for the rest of my life, you know? Or, you know, leadership in my church telling me, well, you know, the only solution according to scripture is reconciliation. I'm like, you want me to reconcile with that? Which that broke every rule in the book, but somehow because it's, man, it's still kind of okay. Did I say that? 
because I'm not anti-guy at all, you guys. I'm not even a legit feminist. I am a, a supporter of equal rights of all humans. Yes. Well. <laughs> um, you know, but again, this this idea that, you know, and, and I struggled with that for a really long, I was so ashamed. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to go socialize with people. I didn't want anyone to even know what had happened yep. in my life because I was ashamed of being sort of rejected goods. I was humiliated that I didn't fit the picture of the perfect performer. I had spent my entire childhood and adult life trying to live up to the rules perfectly and achieve status in my religious organization and religious experience. And suddenly it's all pulled out from under me and it's not even my fault. That just sent me reeling. So finding tools, and I did through therapy and other things to help me rebuild and gather the fact that I was still worth something and I did have something to contribute. And I mean, oh my gosh, I get to work every day bringing joy to people now. This is what I do for a living. So I'm sorry if someone thinks that's bad, I'm sorry, but I'm not sad about it at all. <laughs> it shouldn't be. And I mean, why would people, the only people who get upset about others bringing joy to others are hurt people who can't yeah. feel themselves. And that's just, that's their own limited suffering and pain and, you know, the vision that has kept them stuck. So then turning briefly to the other not to be spoken about modality of hypnosis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Let's talk about that for just a minute, especially for, now some of you uh, know about all this stuff already, but for anyone who's kind of a new conversation, we just want to dive into it a little bit today. So tell us a little bit more about how you're able to use that as a tool to help people with their emotional wellness. Sure. Yeah. A lot of coaches use it to help with um, anxiety and uh, stress. It basically, it's a trance-like state where you have heightened focus and concentration. And so it's usually done with the help of a therapist using like um, repetition in like verbal and like mental images. And so, like I was saying before, your subconscious mind stores a lot of trauma responses and cycles. And when you're in that trance-like state, I'm able to talk to your subconscious and kind of get some answers without your limiting beliefs from your conscious mind getting in mm -hmm. my way. And so it's, it allows me to ask questions that maybe you would be too guarded to answer mm -hmm. weren't in that trance, like meditative state, very similar to meditation, mm -hmm. um, which I will die on the hill of meditation. I think it's fantastic and everyone should be doing it, but a lot of people run away from it because mm -hmm. they don't like to sit with a quiet mind. Mm -hmm. And that's what hypnosis is, is it's me talking to your very vulnerable, quiet mind. What's actually bothering you? Mm -hmm. What is actually the problem? Mm -hmm. and it's safe and so a lot of people you know open up in that in that stage but it takes mm -hmm. some, I mean it's very scary for a lot of people so not a lot of people like to do it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow so that's a really I really love that the way you explained it is really beautiful and I love how you compared it to meditation because ironically and I've had conversations around you know things like hypnosis and meditation for a long time um I never really thought about it in the same it is so true and i have i have had hypnosis therapy uh, multiple times and it really was like a deep meditation um i know that from a physical point of view one of the weird things is if you really relax and go with it is it feel like time gets really short absolutely <laughs> you feel like your hour was over in 10 minutes you're like there's no way that hour is or over 
opposite. Like I was just in meditation for three days, but it was 15 minutes. Like Yeah. So one way or the other. So you kind of, there's a dystopian time sort of like it, it changes. So hypnosis in, to me in my own personal experience is basically a tool that helps you suspend rationalizing everything in a way that's often unhelpful to us or judging everything. Like, oh, yes, I have these memories, but this was bad and that was, I was like, well, what's just the memory? And then sometimes something new will come up mm -hmm. that you've been trying to identify. Mm -hmm. Like how it's hard for your therapist or your coach sometimes, you know, to help you in this case, often therapy, help you identify, say, a trauma in your childhood if you can't remember what it was. So for some professional psychotherapists, they'll use this to help you be able to remember so that they can then work on that trauma that you didn't know how to articulate you just had like something is dark there i just don't know what it is but for me it was always much uh much lighter experience um for healing for pain management for just you know emotional wellness or general psychotherapy uh, just kind of working on some deep stuff so for me it was a positive every time i did it and um so i i just love that you're sharing all of this with us Absolutely. And a lot of the time, it's really just uh, to uncover feelings. A lot of people hide like anger. A lot of the time is masking mm. sadness mm -hmm. over something that happened. And so it allows for a very raw and vulnerable conversation that some people are really afraid to have when they're awake. Yes. So, you know, yes, they, they are protecting them, their inner child from something. And that was my experience when I did hypnotherapy, too, is I have this big, like, go-getter, boss lady attitude. I've had to for a long time in my life just to get shit done because mm -hmm. if, if I wasn't that way, it wouldn't get done. Mm -hmm. And so I've been living in this masculine energy for a long time uh, to survive. And I got tired of living in that energy because it's very, I mean, I'm not supposed to live there. Like, I, I want that divine feminine mm -hmm. energy. And so I did hypnotherapy. And ended up having a conversation with my nine-year-old self, my inner child and talking to her. And really everything I was doing was just to protect her because mm. she's scared. She feels lonely. Mm -hmm. She doesn't feel loved. And so I was being all these things to protect mm. her. And I mean, my therapist was like, wow, like that's really what you're doing is you're protecting her because you feel like you need to, and you can't, you don't feel safe where mm -hmm. you are. And I was like, Oh, right. But I mean, how the hell was I supposed to know that if I didn't have this tool to help me, you know? Wow. That is amazing. Um, yeah. And it makes so much sense. And, um, is that fire engine on my end or your end? <laughs> on my end. I'm okay, I was like, <laughs> it sounds like a boat. I heard like, I live boat. downtown. So unfortunately we get some noise sometimes. <laughs> no, but, um, no, that's really fascinating, you know, such a positive use of it and realizing, and I, it's so interesting what you said about, you know, the masculine and, fem and feminine energy. And so if anyone's wondering what we're talking about, it's really, we all have aspects of us that is not sexual. It's kind of traditional thinking or traditional energy around what have been traditional roles in masculinity or femininity. Mm -hmm. And a lot of uh, women, including myself, have felt from a very young age <clears throat> and I, sometimes it could have to do with your personality or your environment or both mm -hmm. that i didn't like being told what to do 
I didn't like being having my life laid out for me in a certain way where I didn't, I felt like I had very limited choices. Um, And I wanted to be a mover and shaker. I wanted to be powerful. I wanted to be the architect of my own life. And I didn't want to have to necessarily live by someone else's rules just because of my biology. And so because of that, and obviously we both look very feminine. So, but, so there's like that, but then constantly pushing, almost resenting it in a way, pushing against it for me personally, at least like, you know, wishing at times in my youth, young, as a young person, like, or even as, you know, that I'd been born a man, mm-hmm. not because I was partic- like gay, that wasn't my particular thing, would have been fine, but it wasn't. Um, but because I thought people would listen to me, I felt oh. that people would take me more seriously. Mm-hmm. And that was important to me because I knew I had a brain. I was born with a very active intellectual mind and I didn't like to be treated as just a houseworker, a housekeeper, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I wanted to know that if I wanted more, I could have more. And so I was like, I want to be in the business world, which Sam has done as well, right? I want to be in the business world. Um, then I'm in the business world and it's like, oh, you know, I think I better wear high heels so I'm taller and closer to the height of the men around me. Maybe they'll like, if we're making meeting eye contact, maybe they'll take me more seriously. It's less about sexy and more about power, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And just this constant pushing against uh, trying to be something that you aren't instead of saying, hey, it's okay to embrace your feminine energy, your feminine physiology, to love it, to thrive in it. How amazing is the feminine aspects of nature? And if this resonates for you or not, you know, others out there, the divine, um, right? Like, why would you not want that most miraculous power and, and, and be grateful that you have it in spades instead of pushing against it? So that is just, I just love that you shared that because it resonated with me and I was like, wow, you know, that's so true for so long. But Just one can't exist without the other. It's like yeah. yin yang. We can't, Absolutely. everyone has aspects of masculine and feminine energy. And that's the biggest thing that I have been learning over the last, you know, whatever mm-hmm. year and a half of my life with this spiritual journey is it doesn't have to be one thing. No. And we're so diversified as spirits and souls and humans. And uh, this divine feminine energy, it, it actually is incredibly powerful in a setting full of men. My emotional intelligence in business meetings and when I'm talking about work is what sets me apart from everyone else in that room. I can be powerful and steady and be sitting in that femininity at the same time. They aren't mutually exclusive. And that's what I had to break myself out of for a long time is mm-hmm. if I'm going to be a business owner and a CEO, I've got to act and talk like a man. And then when I was like, actually, no, I don't, I can be this feminine, delicate in a lot of ways, but firm person, I'm actually going to approach and like uh, be attracted to other people who appreciate that energy and it's Mm going to be a symbiotic relationship. And so that's been a really great Mm. person for me to learn is my solid energy and power is going to attract the right people and it will actually repel people who don't respect that. And that's so beautiful because that's so about being our authentic self, reconnecting to our authentic self, and then saying, I don't really want to force an environment where I'm not treated as my authentic self. And if people don't want to work with this version of me, which is the real me, 
that's fine. I don't need to work with them either. Let's find someone who like we actually click so well and let's build something amazing and beautiful. And it comes a lot to build on that from a lack mentality or a lack mindset, uh-huh. which is not always about money, oh, but also absolutely. about power, talent, uh, ability, uh, how much people respect you, whether or not you're smart. So if we have grown up in like a, a mentality where women in some ways have had this like lack shadow put over them and we bought into it or believed it, sure. then it's like, yeah, I want to move past that. And I'm going to, I'm going to reset this conversation and, and be so proud of who I am and being myself and in, embracing my femininity. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Praise to the choir. So beautiful. I mean, Love I think, it. oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just said, I love it. I agree. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, I think that even um, one of the reasons that I made a personal choice to not have kids, and it was a purely personal choice, even before I was married, I knew I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how that would go being married. I was able to navigate mm-hmm. that. <laughs> but um, and I think, one, I wanted the freedom to create my own life. Mm-hmm. And I want to have a lot of flexibility because I came from a background of, of, of complete control, being right. controlled. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know that I would have the freedom to adventure and create and have business and travel. And I, I just knew that about myself. And so I, I don't judge myself. Other people have judged me a lot over the years, but I, I honor that I was true to myself. And mm-hmm. if I knew what I wanted, that's what I went for. But I'm sure there was an aspect in there too um of kind of you know i didn't know it at the time sort of pushing towards that masculine energy again yeah well men seem to have freedom men seem to be able to come and go as they want even if they're married men seem to be able to travel for business men seem to be able to and moms um in my environment weren't doing much of that so i will say in my environment because this is not universal and i know many 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 professional and and personal women who are you know travel constantly and have an abundant life and have kids and so but from my very limited myopic mindset it was like ooh, if i do that i'll never have this Mm -hmm. and i think that is so interesting because again instead of embracing my feminine self, my biology as a beautiful blessing that won't limit me. I was like, "Eh." so as I look back now, I can see that, see that conversation that happened in my mind. How powerful. Awareness is such a powerful tool. That's right. It's so incredible. So amazing. So, okay. So we're, the time is flying because we're having so much fun. And it's like, yeah, this <laughs> happens every time. But I do <laughs> we have, talk about unfortunately, so much more meetings today. So I wish <laughs> I could stay, but I Okay. Cannot. I know you have to run. So everybody, um, please check out Sam and tell us. Um, Sam has a podcast too, which I was on. And it is? It's called Facing the Sun uh, podcast. And if you have any questions ever, my social media handle are Sam Adams seven. So you are more than welcome to shoot me a line, ask any questions that you have about coaching or anything like that. And then if you'd like to talk more about coaching, you can visit my website. It's sunflower agencies, S N F L W R agencies.com. Lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing all that. I learned a lot today and I think other people (laughs) did as well. And mostly I'm just so happy to see you and I cannot wait to talk to you again next time. Thank you so much for being here. 
And for everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in to Scotland Talks. Please do like and subscribe so we can keep this coming to you. Tune in again next week. And uh, Sam, thank you so much for being here. Always, my friend. So good to see you. See you soon.